Hi, this is a note from your friendly neighborhood editor, Kim. The audio and video this week are going to be a bit choppy and staticky since we had, um, have uh, issues recording. Not that I would know since Emma and Milk haven't started the podcast yet, given that this is recorded live on Wednesdays. Now, the day which it is, Wednesday, right now. I'm also going to say preemptively that next week's podcast will almost certainly have the same issue. Though, of course, I wouldn't know, given that we haven't recorded it yet, since we record each one live, on Wednesdays, the day which they were recorded, live. We ask that you please be patient with us uh, as we resolve to fix this issue as soon as possible. Now please, enjoy this episode of Grim Scenarios. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Crim Scenarios, episode number five. We're going to be talking about BMR today. I am your host, Milk, and with me, as always, is your other host, Emma. Hello, Emma. Hey, how's it going, Milk? I am doing great, Emma, on this fine and lovely Wednesday morning. Uh, I am, in fact, uh, on my way to Origins as we speak. Right now, I am in my car driving from Pittsburgh to Columbus. Nope, wait, let me check my notes. Uh, Nope, I am here in my office recording Grim Scenarios with you live on Wednesday morning. Yeah, yeah, on your way to Origins, which I will be joining at you at in about a day and a half because I'm getting in to Origins on Friday, which is, of course, a day and a half after Wednesday, the day it currently is. Currently Wednesday. That's right. It is a lovely, lovely Wednesday uh, here in definitely my hometown and not on my way to Origins, where I am currently. Emma and I are going to start delving into Bad Moon Rising this week. Uh, And as it's our first episode of Bad Moon Rising, I thought, Emma, we could talk a little bit about some of the different characters, some of the different interactions, how Bad Moon Rising is a little bit of a different script from Trouble Brewing, uh, which we looked at uh, for two episodes, and Sects and Violets, which we've now looked at for two episodes. This is one of the, we call them the base three scripts, Trouble Brewing, Sects and Violets, and Bad Moon Rising. And um, this is the one most people, I think, end up at last, although I don't personally think, and I think you've mentioned it before, that it matters too much whether you move from Trouble Brewing to Sects and Violets, or BMR, uh, Bad Moon Rising, that is, um, as long as you as long as you, uh, as long as you kind of have done Trouble Brewing first. Yeah, and you know, my personal thought, which is, I think, somewhat controversial in the community, is that BMR is actually probably the better base script to jump to after Trouble Brewing for a player. I think for a player, it's a lot easier to grasp your way around BMR than it is Sex and Violets. And if I remember correctly, in the like the materials that come with the game, if you notice how the scripts are ordered, they're sco- ordered Trouble Brewing, Rising Sex and Violets. That's true. Even though in a lot of people's minds, they go, they go the other way. They switch from TB to Sex and Violets. Um, what makes Bad Moon Rising particularly different from the other scripts is... If you look at the character sheet on Badman Rising, you'll notice that there is exactly two good characters who gain information from the storyteller at any point in the game, and that's the grandmother and the chambermaid. In fact, 
there's the only other character that gains information is an evil character, the Godfather. Now, if you think back when we were on Sex and Violets, we remarked about how of the 13 townsfolk, 11 of them gain information. One is the philosopher who can duplicate any of those 11 roles. And, you know, the 13th, the, the snake charmer. Um, but also important in a figure or in a Vortox game, you know, yeah. And Trouble Brewing is somewhere between those. It has a mix of more mechanical roles and more informational roles. Um, so if you think of it as a spectrum from Sex and Violets being the info-heavy script, the game-solver script, the script where everyone's getting their piece of information for the storyteller, putting the puzzle together, Trouble Brewing is sort of the middle ground, and BMR is the very far end of that, where the storyteller does not tell you anything with their words. Instead, BMR you have to solve through the actions of the gameplay. The mechanical interactions that happen when people die, when people don't die, when people come back to life. And all these things work together, along with, of course, your social reads, to build how BMR works. Um, the big difference, of course, I think, just, just from, from the perspective of players who you know, have looked at Sex and Violets and have looked at Trouble Brewing is there's a lot of roles here that either cause extra deaths or prevent deaths in a variety of different ways, right? And so it's who dies, when they die, and how they die that helps you solve the game more than it is direct information that you get from the storyteller, uh, as you were mentioning. And that means that you have to use some different types of reasoning, and often your social deduction skills come into play a bit more. The other thing with BMR is, of course, the famous... Four demons who have four different kill patterns. You have a Zomboul, which normally kills... On the average night, the Zomboul will kill zero players. The Puka, which consistently kills one player per night. The Shabaloth, which consistently kills two players per night. And the Poe, which kills either one, zero, or three, depending on what the Poe chooses. The other thing you'll notice is that, unlike Trouble Brewing and... In Trouble Brewing, both the of the evil team, the Poisoner and the Baron add, and the Spy all add misinformation to the, into the game. The Spy, of course, by misregistering, the Baron by adding recluses and drunks who cause misinformation, and the Poisoner by directly poisoning people. In Sex and Violets, all four of the demons add their own sort of misinformation. The Fengu by suppressing outsiders and preventing them from coming out. Uh, the and of course, the Vigor Mortis and the Nodashi, both with their direct poisoning, and the Vortox with its extreme all information is wrong uh, ability. In BMR, there's very little misinformation coming from the evil team. Only the Puka can interfere with good players' abilities. The rest of the evil team's abilities to disrupt is done through deaths and not deaths. The minions kill or save people. And the demons kill people in a way to obscure what's going on with the deaths to try to fool the good team. The outsiders are also really interesting here because they play into all of the different elements of Bad Moon Rising. Um, the tinker can die any time, uh, can die during the day if the storyteller wants to feed the godfather a kill. The tinker can die at night to simulate a gossip kill, to simulate an extra demon kill, can simulate uh, all sorts of all sorts of different potential things. Um, the moonchild uh, has to choose a good player and comes with a big drawback of choosing a good player, not losing the game like the klutz and sects and violets, but causing an additional death, which is very, very tricky sometimes. Uh, can, however, be used to sound out evil players, so there's a 
slight good uh, element to it. Although, again, there's reasons for death prevention in the script. Uh, the goon uh, does create misinformation and also famously can switch sides. And we do get a we do get a, a side switching character here that's able to change teams. Um, it's sort of one of the more direct team changing kind of roles uh, when it's selected by a player with their ability. Uh, the first person to select a goon uh, becomes poisoned and the goon changes to that alignment. And lastly, I think an outsider, which everybody really uh, enjoys watching, uh, but does disrupt games pretty, pretty heavily, the lunatic who starts the game believing that they are the demon. Um, and that can also cause, you know, complicated confusion, uh, an extra player who's lying to town, you know, for a variety of reasons. Um, on BMR itself, the lunatic is usually able to suss out that they aren't the demon within a day or two. Um, in other scripts, it can be more complicated. When we get into experimental characters, we can talk about that some more. But those four, those four outsiders really highlight some of the complexity of um, of BMR and how BMR can use deaths and 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 create misinformation um, in a variety of ways. And with that, I think it's probably about time that we do the best thing we can do for BMR, which is show by example. That's right. So let's jump into the Grimms. Go to the Grim. Emma is going to be starting us off here tonight, and Emma is going to be a good character on Bad Moon Rising. Uh, and since we were just talking about outsiders, Emma, I've decided to let you play one of my absolute favorite outsiders in all of Blood on the Clock Tower, and that is You Are the Moonchild in Seat 8. Moonchild in seat eight. That's right. You start out the game, you talk to a few people, you get a couple of claims. We'll go over some of that information here in a moment. But crucially, at the end of the day, on day one, the player in seat one presses for the town to kill them. Mm -hmm. And town lovingly obliges by nominating putting six votes on, and executing the player in seat one, who dies. The next day, on day two, you wake up to find that the player in seat six has also died in the night. The player in seat one says that they were the sailor, and that they drank with the player in seat 12 on night one. And since they died, rather than being saved by their ability, the Sailor's ability says, each night, choose an alive player. Either you or they are drunk until dusk. You can't die. Um, since they were able to die, suggests that they were made drunk because the player in seat 12 has an evil ability. The player in seat 12 claims to be the pacifist, uncertain as to why the Sailor died after, uh, after being executed. Uh, on day one, you did talk to the player in seat two, who claimed to you to be the fool, and the player next to you in seat seven, who claimed to you to be the goon, who was, at that time, of course, because it was day one, still claiming to be good. After the player in seat six dies in the night, they speak with you privately and tell you that they were, in fact, the exorcist and that they had not told anyone else, anyone on the Grim, their actual role on day one. You also speak to the player in seat five and get a claim of chambermaid from them. 
And that player uh, claims that on night one, they looked at the uh, players in seat 12 and seat 2 and got a 1. And last night, they looked at the players in seats 4 and 7 and got a 2. Okay. Uh, the player. You also speak with the player in seat three, and they claim to be the tinker. Interesting. After much discussion on day two, and the sailor pressing that they drank with the player in seat twelve, who, uh, who, uh, you know, they they didn't then they died. Uh, who they think is evil. The town decides to target the player in seat twelve for execution. And nominates, votes on, and does in fact execute them. But the player in seat 12 does not die. That's day two. The player in seat 12 does not die. On night three, the players in seat three, that's your tinker, and the player in seat 11 both die. The player in seat 11 publicly claims to have been the gossip. They say that their day one gossip, which did not seem to have killed anyone uh, because just one player died, uh, their day one gossip uh, was that uh, there are no evils on even numbered seats. And their day two gossip, uh, which may have killed, was uh, there is a godfather in play. Okay. All right. On this day, the player in seat four publicly, uh, no, sorry, privately reveals to you that they are the courtier and that last night they used their ability to drink with the devil's advocate. They believe the player in seat one is the sailor, and they believe that the player in seat 12 was DA protected. When you get to nominations, the player in seat nine claims to have been, or claims to be the professor who used their ability last night to attempt to resurrect the player in seat six. That player did not come back to life. Town decides to double tap the player in seat 12, who didn't die yesterday, who is then executed and dies. Okay. That brings us to night four, Emma. Mm -hmm. When you wake up following night four, the players in seat 10, seat five, and unfortunately, the player in seat eight have all died. See, that was seat four, seat five. Oh, no, that was seat five, seat 10, and seat eight. 
Yeah, sorry. That's what I meant. Before you can say anything, the player in seat 10 says, uh, I was the chambermaid, and the player in seat 5 was my grandmother, and my day 3 information, or my night 3 information from last night, is that the I picked the players in seat 8 and seat 9 and got a 1 on night 3. You are the moon child, Emma, and therefore are obligated to claim your role and pick a player. Town believes that the player in seat 12 was the DA, who is now dead, and the town the townsfolk had intended yesterday to sleep on four rather than nominate. Mm -hmm. Your objective here is to use your pick to the best of your ability to help your team win and then convince the townsfolk of what they should do today. Interesting. So let's, let's, first of all, let's talk a little about being an outsider. This is the first time we've picked an outsider for any of our scenarios, which I flagged in my head because I'm a big fan of outsiders. They are my favorite character type by far. Of On the three base three scripts, I would say... 11 of my favorite draws are all Outsiders. Uh, that would be 3 on Trouble Brewing, 4 on Sex and Violets, 4 on BMR. There's only one Outsider in the base 3 scripts that don't make me happy to draw. On the other 3 scripts, I would rather be an Outsider than any other character on the script. And on TB, I'd rather be 3 of the 4 Outsiders. So let's talk a little bit about Outsiders. Their abilities are drawbacks for the good team. They're meant to hurt the good team. But most Outsider abilities have ways for them to be used to the good team's advantage if the outsider thinks hard enough and works hard enough. A, and B, just because your ability harms your team doesn't mean you have to, as a player, are harming your team. You can use, still, you, you still have your full suite of social cues, you still have your full suite of <clears throat> ability to gain information from other players and put this all together. Still a blue token. Still a blue token. So with that said, we're in a very precarious position being a moonchild who has to make a pick with four alive. If you pick a good player, and if there's a killing demon who kills a good player, that's it. The game's over, and you lost in most scenarios. There's one scenario where you don't, which is the scenario where there's an already dead Zomboul. If there's an already dead Zomboul, and you pick a good player no one is executed in the Zomboul kills, then they'll go to a final two. And you have to find the dead Zomboul on a final two. But we're in a precarious situation here, because if we pick wrong, it will likely lose the game. Now let's, let's talk about our kill patterns. We had one kill, night one. We had two kills, night two. And we had three kills, night three. There's unfortunately not a super lot we can glean from that off the top of our heads. What we can say is this is likely to be a Godfather game. And the reason for that is we have the three outsider claims, the Moonchild, the Goon, and the Tinker. The Tinker and the Moonchild have both died in the night. The Goon exists. And so it's basically a question of whether the Goon is an evil player bluffing Goon or is actually the Goon. Most likely they're actually the Goon. There's some reasons they might not to be, 
In particular, seat 2 could be the goon and seat 7 could be the fool, but I'm going to trust that the goon is in play here. So that gives us some clues. Another clue we have is that, of course, the go there was two deaths when the gossip went off. When the gossip died, and their gossip that day was a godfather was in play. The gossip died and the tinker died, I believe, on that day. The gossip and the tinker died. So it's there's several reasons that could be explained. One explanation is that the tinker was killed by the demon and the gossip killed themselves. We'll get into our other explanations later. I just want to start with the most simple, most straightforward reading of this crime. So in this situation, we know there's a godfather somewhere. The goon's probably legitimately the goon. The tinker probably was killed by the demon. The gossip probably killed with the godfather gossip. This could be wrong, but we're going to start with that as our basic assumption. All right, that sounds pretty good. Um, you've got some other information you can look at. Yeah, so let's look at let's assume that the grandmother's chambermaid and chambermaid information all goes together. Uh, that yes, means the, they, the grandmother says that she was giving out the chambermaid's information earlier. That means there's a liar between seat 12 and seat 2. One of them is, in fact, waking up. And between seat 4 and seat 7, the goon probably flipped evil that night. Because both of them woke up. So there's actually there's two things. Either the goon flipped evil and the chambermaid got good information, or the chambermaid was the only person to pick the goon that night. And the goon was not picked, and the, the information is drunk. Either way, the two likely validate seat seven story as the goon. Sounds good. I'll give you a moment to think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things, so, uh, one of the things that I think it's worth thinking about here that might be might just be useful is also to consider what players are still, what the claims of players who are still alive, other than the goon. Yeah. Uh, so seat four is flaming courtier. Seat nine is flaming professor who did not work on seat six. Seat two is claiming fool. Now, the Corte claim is interesting. Given the chambermaid information and the sailor death, C-12 was almost always being executed the next day when they wouldn't be able to be DA protected because of how the DA ability works. So the Corte claiming to have drunk with the DA after C-12 survived execution is weird. It's a bad use of the Corte ability. There's lots of reasons to think C12 is, in fact, the devil's advocate, and there's very few reasons to think they're not the devil's advocate. Even if they were actually the pacifist, even if it was C2 who was waking that night, when the sailor drank with the pacifist, it's very weird that the sailor's executed and dies the next day. Because either the pacifist is sober and will normally save the drunk sailor there, or the sailor is sober and the pacifist is drunk and the sailor literally cannot die. So C12, it's not certain. There's other plausible explanations, but in almost every world, C12 is the devil's advocate and they're dead. 
I'm going to go ahead and change seat 12, uh, the token to the devil's advocate for the folks who are watching along, um, because most of town agrees with you and believes that the player in seat 12 is the devil's advocate, as they mentioned. Well, what night did seat 9 claim to have attempted to resurrect seat 6? Uh, the player in uh, seat 9 claimed to try to resurrect uh, the uh, player in seat 6 on night 3. On night 3, which is consistent with the chambermaid's information. Correct. It is consistent with the chambermaid's information that the player in seat 9 woke up. Uh, the chambermaid checked you and the player in seat 9 on the same night. Yeah. And the reason I ask that is because this feels a little bit like a Pukka game. Interesting. From the kill pattern. You want to explain a little bit about uh, how Pukka kill patterns look? Uh, sure. So we've had a pretty consistent baseline of one kill per day. That was one kill per night. That was the Exorcist in Seed 6 who didn't give out that claim. So they weren't probably were not targeted for being the Exorcist. That feels a little bit like a random shot. Um, which means a random shot can generally... Sometimes indicates a puka because the puka has to choose their knight to death before they know anything about the game state. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, the tinker dying also somewhat of a classic puka thing. Though there's another world where the gossip was puka poisoned, and the Tinker died to their own ability. And there's reasons for that, because the gossip gossiped that no evils were on even number C, the Pokemon might have been trying to protect their DA in C12. So you poison the gossip to prevent that from killing. Alright, that tracks for me. Then we have the Chambermaid and the Grandmother dying together. Which is, again, if the chambermaid's puka poison, that kills off the grandmother when the chambermaid dies. Mm -hmm. So our kill pattern does feel very puka y If our kill pattern feels puka-ish, that knight 3 seat 8 seat 9 1 is a little weird. Interesting. Because it's correct, seemingly correct information on a knight where the chambermaid was poisoned. All right. And, and uh, when you and, get... and the chambermaid uh, for the for the chambermaid and the grandmother to have died together from the grandmother's ability, the chambermaid has to have been killed by the demon. Yes, that's an important part of the grandmother's ability that people forget about. Sometimes the grandmother uh, dies with their grandchild only if the demon kills the grandchild. I'll go ahead and mark that so, chambermaid here as the grandchild as well. There's reasons. So, and. Furthermore, seat 9 claims to have resurrected seat 6. Seat 6 is almost certainly a good player who's actually a townsfolk, and seat 9, so seat 9 claiming their ability didn't work is a little bit suspicious. And the reason I say that is because the only evil who had a good reason to die night 1, night 2, like seat 6 did, is a Zombul who's trying to hide. But we had a successful execution that day, so that means a Zombul couldn't have killed themselves, which would require either Seat 1 to be an outsider to let a godfather kill off seat, the Zombul in Seat 6, because an assassin cannot kill their own Zombul, because that would actually kill the Zombul. The assassin kills through everything, including the Zombul's fake death. 
Mm-hmm. So there's no real reason to believe C6 is lying. There's no real reason to believe a resurrection attempt shouldn't have work, worked. So there's a lot of reasons to think C9 is evil, and specifically an evil that did not wake on night three. So specifically, either a spent assassin, a godfather, or a mastermind. Now, we think there's a DA in play. We think there's a godfather in play. That means seat nine is probably that godfather. And I'm confident enough in this that I'm changing my token to godfather. Okay. We'll change the professor token to godfather over here for the folks at home as well. I could be wrong, but this feels right. This feels right so far. It feels like we have a minion in seat 9 who's the godfather and a minion in seat 12 who's the devil's advocate. My suspicion is seat 4, the courtier, as I said, that's a weird choice. To drink the DA after the DA has saved themselves is weird because you're killing the DA without the courtier ability anyway. There's, like, no particular reason for the Corte to spend their ability on a DA who's about to die. I do not trust seat four in the least. All right. So I believe seat four is likely our Pukka. Now, this is my read on the Grim. Well, you only have 30 seconds. You only had 30 seconds to make your to make your Moonchild pick, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just going through my read on the game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I mean, obviously obviously that's what we want to do here. We don't How want to force that. How did I die? Indeed. How did you die? I have something wrong here, because I can't die in this situation. Hmm. Huh. This is, by the way, a very classic uh, obstacle to run into when you're solving a BMR Grim is that you have everything seems to fit together up to a certain point and then suddenly you go wait there's an extra death here that I can't account for or someone didn't die when someone should have died here now what do I now what do I do so Emma what do we do when suddenly we've got an extra what did the storyteller say at the start of day three what did the storyteller say at the start of day three uh, the start of day th- the start of day three uh they said uh they said uh seat three died in the night seat 11 died in the night they specifically specified that seat three died in the night. yes seat three and seat 11 died in the night because if seat three died at dawn that would actually explain the kills very nicely Mm -hmm. so the solve i just had is wrong the solve i had is mechanically wrong there's something wrong with it so we have to remove our Puka token from the courtier. I do want to leave the Godfather. Alright, here's an alternative solve. The alternative solve is that the courtier is just a bad player. Alright, the courtier is a bad player. There's no Godfather in place. Seat 9 is an assassin. No, that's not going to work either. Seat 9 is an assassin, you said? Yeah, but that doesn't work either, because then the chambermaid gets correct information. So, very weird. Because an assassin also, that's correct information on an assassin, 
knight 3 because the assassin has waited to knight 4. So that doesn't work quite right either. But what does work, we're just going to keep going around until we find a killing pattern that works. That works, okay. Is c4 as a Shabaloth. c4 as a Shabaloth works if they hit c6 and c2 the fool, knight 1. All right. Taking the fool's first life. Then they hit the gossip and the tinker. Okay. But then they hit the chambermaid and the moonchild. This all tracks. Remember that knight knight two uh, seat six died alone. So you're so you're saying that the the Shabaloth killed took the fool's life and killed the killed the exorcist and then killed the gossip and the tinker and then last night killed you and the chambermaid and then the grandmother died an associated death. Now the problem here is, of course, that seat nine. Now the chambermaid information is correct on seat nine. So what the hell's up with seat nine? Well, the other the other problem that you have here is that the storyteller apparently has chosen not to regurgitate anyone. The storyteller has chosen not to regurgitate anyone. And you're on final four. Mm-hmm. So this seems unlikely too. We're just going through things. We're just going through things. This is what we'd be thinking out through the entire game. Yeah, this wouldn't be something you'd have to solve in the 30 seconds that you have to make your moonshot thing. <laughs> or roughly 30 seconds. So let's consider whether seat 4 could be a Poe. If seat 4 is a Poe, they tap seat 6, knight 1. They charge knight 2, while the gossip and the tinker die to their own abilities, effectively. I think you mean they tap seat 6 on knight 2, and then they charge on knight 3. Yeah, yeah, sorry, they charge on knight 3. Mm-hmm. Well, the gossip and tinker die to their own abilities, and then they triple kill on knight four, and either took the fool's life, or accidentally doubled up on the grandmother and the grandchild. This fits the kill patterns, this fits the lack of resurrections, but it doesn't fit YC9, who is certainly evil, woke up on knight three, because in this world the chambermaid got good information. Okay. So there's some puzzle piece that we're missing. There's still some puzzle piece that we're missing. Now, of course, if you were just playing in a game of BMR, you could talk to other people and ask them questions and get their reads. But here, uh, it's a little bit—it's a little bit fake in a sense that, uh, in the sense that you have to do it all yourself. You have to see all of the different worlds. Mm-hmm. There's something weird about this. Something weird that's hard to catch. Hmm. It's almost like someone trickily crafted a grimoire for you to solve. <sighs> okay. Seat 9 can be the Poe, and Seat 4 can be the Godfather, and then all the information <laughs> checks out. <laughs> well, that brings us to the question of who you're going to use your Moochild pick on, Emma. So, and there's also another explanation, which is the Poe tapped the goon, and the goon's now evil. So the kills were 10, 8, and 7. Okay. We're using our Moonchild pick. Seat 9 is definitely evil. There is absolutely no world where Seat 9 is good. Seat 6 is definitely a townsfolk. Seat 9 is claiming to be a professor who picked Seat 6. That is a lie. There is no way that's true. So regardless of anything else, I'm using the Moonchild pick on seat 9. All right, you decide to use your Moonchild pick on seat 9. The storyteller says, 
thank you very much. So yeah, that's where that's going. What do you want to tell Town? Because Town says, well, you know, all your reasoning sounds great. Why don't we just, you know, why don't we just go to sleep tonight and see what happens tomorrow? What do you think Town should do here? The reason why it might not be a good idea for Town to do that is because we don't know where the third hit was from the Poe. If the third hit was on the grandmother, we can sleep because the goon had the fool has two lives. The goon is currently good. If the third hit was on the goon, the goon is evil. The fool has two lives and we can sleep. But if the third hit was on the fool, the fool has no lives. The Poe kills the fool tonight and then says to the goon tomorrow, by the way, don't nominate. I tap you in the night. Then we kill off the Godfather and win the game altogether is evil. So most likely we should be trying to execute the demon today. Alright. Because either way, you whichever because either the fool has both their lives, or the goon is currently good. So which means the demon can't kill off the good goon. And the fool can't flip the goon and kill the fool tomorrow. So it's probably safe to go demon hunting. Like I said, the best argument is the best way to make the information fit is if C9 is the Poe. Okay. So I'm going to push to execute. Is there an alternative ex explanation? I mean, there's going to be a ton of alternative explanations in BMR, right? There is. Ultimately, the kill pattern can do a lot of things. I'm just wondering if there's another alternative that you see. So, let's think through whether this can be a zombie. That's the one demon we haven't really talked much about yet. Mm -hmm. If it was a zombie, the zombie doesn't kill night. One, so which means we have to come up with an explanation for Seed Six's death. Those explanations are either the gossip, no evils on even numbered seats, was correct, or Seed Six was assassinated. Hmm. If the gossip was correct, Seed Twelve has to be good. And like I said, that's a world where you're going to lose. I'm going to lose on worlds where Seed Twelve is good. Yep. That happens sometimes when you play this game. Like, C-12's play was socially evil enough, C the the sailor thing is socially evil enough, that in worlds where C-12 is good, I'm going to lose, and I'm going to privately think to myself after the game, the storyteller fucked us. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Like, like that is a, the world where C-12 is good is so rough on the good team that... Yep. The story, t like, you legitimately should just be angry at the storyteller. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> cut people some slack if they're new storytellers. Yeah, yeah, but, like, if it's an experienced storyteller and C12 is good, like, it's an unsolvable game. The storyteller made it yeah. incredibly hard on the good team. Let's assume that the storyteller is, let's assume that the storyteller knows what they're doing. So that means the gossip couldn't have killed C6, which means there has to be an assassin plus the devil's advocate in play. Okay. And if there's an assassin plus the devil's advocate in play, there's no goon. Or the tinker is the zombie. All right. Tinker's a crazy zombie bluff. 
But it's possible. But they wouldn't have had they would have had a kill that night because of the devil's advocate. They would have had a kill, but the only other source of killing has to be the gossip in that world. Well, it has to, well, but the, right, the assassin or the gossip. But in that world, the assassin has to kill seed six, which means there's no godfather in play, which means the gossip didn't kill. So we've strictly eliminated Zumble. Okay. Zumble is strictly not possible. So you you have the ear of town, Emma. Are we killing? Are we sleeping? And who do we want to push on? Shab is very unlikely because there's no Shab res. Puka is unlikely because it can't explain my death. So it almost certainly has to be Poe. It's pretty likely the evil team is seat 9 and seat 4. I am confident we should kill seat 9 today. This could be wrong. But I seat 9 checks out with the chambermaid information as the Poe. Their professor bluff does not work. Seat 9 is almost certainly evil. And like I said, I think the Poe can't win if we kill the Godfather today. So I'm comfortable killing seat 9. All right. So... You rally town and execute the player in seat nine who you believe to be the Poe. And all living players vote on it. And the storyteller puts the town to sleep. And you wake up the following morning and the player in seat two is dead. And the evil team has won. But let's talk about what happened. Because it is a very tricky Grim and you did get so much of it right uh, and you did solve quite a lot of it but the place where you went wrong emma is that the player in seat four is just a bad player who courtier drunk the da because they thought maybe the da had protected a different minion or the demon on that night and wanted to have the wanted to have the drunkenness on the da so what we have in uh, on this grim is we have the player in seat one who on day one was executed was in fact the sailor who drank with the devil's advocate in seat 12, who was claiming pacifist and was of course drunk by the storyteller because they picked the devil's advocate. Certainly something that a good storyteller would do. On night two, the Poe killed the exorcist in seat six randomly. Didn't know what they were. Random execution. You got that absolutely, or random kill. You absolutely got that right. Uh, on day two, you attempted to execute the Devil's Advocate, who of course survived because they protected themselves that day. They had protected the demon on day one. Um, on night three, the players in seat two, uh, sorry, in seat three and seat 11 died. The player in seat three was the Tinker, who died to their own ability. The player in seat 11 was the Gossip, killed by the Assassin in seat nine on night three, the assassin who used their ability to kill the gossip. There is no godfather in the game, which probably solves for you that the Poe is seated in seat seven, bluffing goon. Uh, on the following night, the Poe killed, took a life off the fool in seat two, killed the chambermaid, killing their grandmother, and killed you, forcing you to make a moon child. The bluffs are pacifist, professor, and innkeeper. The Poe uh, went off script and went goon. Okay. So, but you had so much of this correct. 
Um, and I think it's I think it's worth saying that I probably won't do very much better because BMR is often hard to solve in this way, right? You often get information that's very difficult. The chambermaid information is helpful. It lets you know that the player in seat nine, who's almost certainly evil, does wake up at night. Uh, you can sort of line it up with the gossip death to potentially get the idea that that's an assassin who's getting a kill there. Uh, but I think it's probably hard to solve between the between the remaining players on final four. The crucial thing for this conversation, though is that you Moonchild picked an evil player, a very, very clearly evil player. So your kill, your Moonchild kill would not at any point in the game, whether this was a final four situation or if this happened on day two, wouldn't result in an extra kill and would have outed an evil. So if you can do that kind of work, right, you're actually using the Moonchild ability to help the town, regardless of whether you push on the, you know, regardless of whether you push on the right player in the final day. That wasn't the task. The task wasn't really finding the demon. The task was making a good Moonchild pick. And your Grim Reed was very solid and found you an evil to pick. So ultimately, I think, successful, successful Moonchild run. The Moonchild's not responsible for solving the game, right? They're an outsider. They don't necessarily have every piece of information. And so your job is to just do the best you can for your team, which I think you did. I think you used your ability the best you could for your team by picking an evil player. So no harm, no foul. All right. Let's go to the next one. Yeah, this is the part where we get confused about uh, whether or not they can still hear us. So Kim, do the thing. Alright, welcome back. We're going to now start looking at BMR from the evil side. Now, Milk and I don't talk about the scenarios we do for each other ahead of time. We pick the characters we think we want to do, we build the Grims, we don't discuss it ahead of time. So we are going to be doing a little bit of a double up, because last Grim was a Poe game, and this time, Milk, you're sitting in seat 9, and you have the Teletubby of Slaughter, the Mighty Poe. Love me some Poe. On night one, you were woken up and told that your minions were seat six and seat four, and your bluffs were Chambermaid, Gambler, and Moonchild. Okay, Chambermaid, oops, Chambermaid, Gambler, and Moonchild. All right. And let's like let's just take a short pause and just talk about bluffing as evil in BMR. Mm-hmm. What do these bluffs signal to you as an as a demon? There's a couple of there's a couple of really useful pieces of information here. Um, the first is that having a an outsider bluff here um, probably means. So when you get an outsider as a bluff, usually the storyteller is trying to inform you something about the game. So with an outsider as a bluff, it probably means that there's either no godfather in the game or that the godfather is removing an outsider. One of those two things is true. Right, because there's there's only there's only gonna ever be four outsiders, uh there's there's only ever gonna be four outsiders on the script, but you can't have more than three outsiders in play on BMR. So if it's a godfather plus one game, um, and you give me a, a bluff as the as the demon, you give me an out-of-play role as the demon, then I'm going to look at that and think that's safe for me to claim. And if the Godfather also decides to claim 
an outside, you know, if the Godfather's added three outsiders, right, if the Godfather has added an outsider and there are already three outsiders in play, then giving me the fourth outsider puts me in a lot of risk, right? So I can assume that there's either no Godfather in play from that or that the Godfather has subtracted um, subtracted one from the count. Uh, I'm just going to change the token on seat six, which I put as Godfather to Mastermind, because I don't think there's probably a Godfather in play just based on receiving that bluff. Now, what about your other two bluffs, Chambermaid and Gambar? Uh, Chambermaid is really, really good to get on BMR, not because it's necessarily a great bluff, although it can be a great bluff, um, but because it means that you know for certain that the Chambermaid is not in play. Knowing that the Chambermaid's not in play is really, really strong, because the Chambermaid is one of the very few pieces of direct information that the good team gets. Um, and it also means that you're going to be dealing with more protection roles because you also see that there's no gambler in play. So none of my bluffs is a protected role. I probably don't have a DA in play uh, to give me protection. So my minions are most likely to be assassin and mastermind. It's possible it could be godfather minus one and mastermind. But, you know, either way, it's it's kind of the same. Um, gambler also is a great uh, gambler is also a great bluff. Uh, for any minion that uses an ability uh, that has like a once per game ability or has an ability that gets used up like the assassin. So gamblers are really great bluff for an assassin where they can either use their ability to kill themselves and then claim to have gambled someone wrong or alternately you can kill them as the demon and they can say, hey, that was a gambler death. You know, um, I've, 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 I've found an evil, basically. And of course, the other thing about chambermaid bluff is... Chambermaid's really restrictive on what a demon can bluff, because when the chambermaid's in play, if the demon's wake pattern doesn't match their bluff... It's um, a problem. That's yep. really that's really bad for the demon. Yep. So here I know I can bluff pretty much I can bluff pretty much anything, including Moonchild, which doesn't wake at night, even though I do. Yeah. And Moonchild looks like the Moonchild looks like the good bluff to take here, <laughs> right? Just off the top. Alright. So we're gonna start the scenario in night two, so let's just do a brief recap of what happened. Mm-hmm. On day one. Seat 11 was your first conversation. Mm-hmm. They told you that they... Oh, the other important thing, of course, is you weren't told about a lunatic. Correct. I was not told that there's a lunatic in play. So I know now that... I know now that there's most likely a goon and a tinker in play. Yeah, uh, but also... That also means that as a demon, you have to consider the possibility you are the lunatic. That's correct. I could be the lunatic. Uh, I'm going to assume that this scenario of me being evil includes the possibility that I am the lunatic. I think it's fair to say that it would be a possible that we would treat the lunatic as an evil character. Yes, we would treat the lunatic as an evil character for the purpose of this scenario. Uh, I certainly could be the lunatic. So that encourages me to talk to my minions sooner than later. But you know, there's no rush. So anyway, seat 11 was your first conversation. They told you they were either the goon or the fool. Okay, great. You later in that day talked to seat 10. They told you they had already talked to a gossip and were rallying people to cover for the gossip by making fake gossips. Okay, so the player in seat 10 asked me, asked me to fake gossip. Got it. Uh... You talked with seat four. As demons frequently are in BMR, you were a little cagey with them to make sure they were acknowledging you as their demon before you acknowledged them as their minion, just to do a lunatic check. They told you they were the assassin and identified seat six as your other minion. Okay, 
I will trust them. Uh, sounds like I'm not the lunatic. Uh, seat one told you that they were the fool. Seat one told me that they are the fool. All right. And that is all the conversations you had time for day one. All right. During the no- as people gathered back in town, there were several gossips made. All right. Are you going to give me the list of gossips? Oh, I am going to give you the list of gossips and the players who made them. Wonderful. Seat two gossiped that there was a Zambul in play. Seat four gossiped that the demon was in an odd-numbered seat. Okay. Seat five gossiped that seat 12 and seat 10 were both good. Okay. Seat six gossiped that there was a devil's advocate in play. Okay. Seat eight gossiped that at least one of seat 12, seat one, and seat two were good. At least one of 12... Seats 12, one, and two. 12, one, and two are good. Okay. Seat 10 gossiped specifically that seat one was good. And seat 12 gossiped that three players could survive execution. All right. Now, there is several nominations in the day, as there is one to be. Unfortunately for you, the one that was successful was that seat 2 nominated seat 4. And seat four received seven votes on them, including seat three, who threw their hand up at the last possible second. Seat four was executed and died. Now we're at night. So. When I was thinking of evil players to give you milk, I did I did talk to some friends. Um and our friend Mullabach and I agree that the most strategically interesting character, evil character on BMR, is of course the Poe. And that's because the Poe always has this choice of kill now or wait a day and kill later. So let's just start. Let's talk about what's your thought process going into this day? You've just lost your assassin. Um, you have this, of course, list of gossips. Some of which you know to be true, some of which you know to be false. And you had sort of that weird voting with C2 and C3 killing your your assassin in C4. Yeah, it's uh, so first first thing I think that bears mentioning is sometimes an evil player dies on day one. Mm -hmm. And a lot of evil teams uh, I've noticed start to kind of get pretty panicky at that point about oh we've lost a third of our team we're in a lot of trouble and that's fair that's a fair thing to feel but what i would say in addition to that is that doesn't mean that the game is over right and players who die early tend to be able to even if they're executed instead of dying in the night they tend to be able to get a lot more social credit as being good players, so long as they don't just very specifically have, you know, um, 
they don't very specifically have uh, like information on them. And since in BMR there's very little direct information, it stands to reason that that assassin in seat four, while they're not ever going to get a kill, can become a pretty trusted player and can get information out of the good players pretty easily. Okay. So uh, that's one thing. Seat two and seat three, not sure what's going on there. Seat three throwing up a seventh vote uh, is a little bit weird. Throwing up a seventh vote on a vote that only needs six is unusual um, and normally doesn't happen, especially throwing up a hand late. So that's a that's a bit uh, that's a bit unusual. That suggests that they really wanted seat four dead. Mm-hmm. What are some reasons seat three may have really wanted seat four dead? Um, one possibility is that uh, seat three is the tea lady who was looking to see if uh, they could get one of their neighbors killed to test their ability. Um, so that's uh, certainly one starting starting potential uh, possibility is that that player is the tea lady. Could also be like the pacifist again, trying to do you know kind of trying to do the same thing, trying to fake some sort of uh, you know trying trying to basically just get some sort of information about um, uh, about you know their their neighbors or whatever. But the pacifist doesn't care specifically. Yeah, they don't really care. The pacifist just wants somebody dead, so there's no real reason to throw your hand up on a person next to you. Seems more seems more like the tea lady, just right off the top of my head. Anything with adjacency on BMR is always gonna you're always gonna start making you think like you're looking at tea lady stuff. Okay. So, like we said, you have a choice to make as the Poe, mm-hmm. which is are you going to kill someone tonight or are you going to charge? And what are some of the reasons you might choose to charge here? So Charging is always a strong choice, and the reason that charging is a strong choice is because you're getting lots of extra kills at the cost of not killing in the night. Um, but if you can figure out if you're going to get a kill in the night, you uh, you can uh, if you can figure out if you're going to get a kill from another source in the night, I should say, you can start to kind of fiddle with the the potential. Uh, of getting more kills over a, a shorter course of time, basically. Um, essentially, you get you can get you can get two kills. You can get three kills over three nights as the Poe. You can get four kills over three nights as the Poe because you can kill, charge, triple, or you can get six kills over four nights as the Poe, which is very strong. So. The first thing we need to do is think about, are there priority kills here that we care about getting out of the way? The reason a Poe would want to kill immediately is to try to get something out of the way that looks dangerous. And that would involve looking at people's gossips. So, for example, the player in seat two gossiped that there's a Zombul in play. Well, that's not going to create a kill because there's no Zombul in play. And also that is of almost no risk to me. If the player in seat two eliminates Zombul uh, from contention as a demon, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm probably going to eventually be seen. A, I'm, they're going to figure out that it's a po game uh, at some point, most likely. Um, I can hide as a Puka or a, a Shabaloth potentially. Um, the player in seat five gossiped that uh, I don't care what the player in seat four gossiped because, of course, they were my assassin. Their their gossip is garbage. Um, the player in seat five gossiped that the players in seat ten and twelve are good. The players in seat 10 and 12 are good, so if the player in seat 5 is the gossip, they will get a kill off of this, um, which is fine if I want to charge. Um, the, the the player in seat 8 gossip, at least one of the players in 12, 1, and 2 is good. Again, 
I don't particularly care if one of the players in 12, 1, and 2 is confirmed, but more importantly, that's uh, true if that's actually the if that's actually a real gossip. So that's also perfectly fine right now. Um, the gossip uh, player in seat 10, gossip that the player in seat 1 is good. Again, that's likely to get a kill. Uh, so that's fine. And doesn't again, if I charge, doesn't confirm anybody. So the only gossip that I really need to think about being worried about is the gossip by player number 12, who gossiped that three players can survive. What did they say? They said three players can survive execution today, right? Mm-hmm. So they gossip that three players can survive execution. Uh, I know there's no DA. There's a potential for a fool and a sailor. I think there might be a tea lady in seat three. Uh, so the gossip was probably false when they gossiped it, which means that that's not going to get a kill. So if seat 12 exactly is the gossip, then I'm not going to get a kill. I'm not going to get a gossip kill on day one or on, on this on this night. However, however, I know there's no lunatic in play and I have Moonchild as a bluff. And that means there's a tinker out there. Mm-hmm. Which means I could trust the storyteller to kill a tinker for me if I decide to charge in the night, assuming that none of the four gossips that could be actual gossips go off. The best situation for me is to make a gossip look like a demon kill. Uh, especially since these are all gossips about players being good, essentially, except for the there's no zombie in play, and if that gets confirmed, whatever. doesn't really matter. Um so the gossips from players 2 and 12 would require the storyteller to kill a tinker for me. The gossips from 5, 8, and 10, um, especially where 10 asked me to fake gossip and said they definitely heard of a gossip in play, which made me mark seat 10 as the gossip, um, suggest to me that uh, su- suggest to me strongly that I think a I think a gossip kill will happen tonight. If a gossip kill happens tonight, the best thing for me is to make the gossip kill look like a demon kill, which means I should charge. So I would I would charge in this situation if the if seat two or seat twelve is the gossip I'll hope that the tinker gets killed uh, in exchange in exchange for my for my greed. Now I, I agree with you that you should charge here, but there's one reason you didn't mention that I think is a really good good reason to charge here, and that one that one is it's day one you don't have a lot of claims and a minion was just executed. Yeah, I mean I'm behind, right? So, but. There's a townsfolk on BMR that eats your kills when your minions are executed. And that's, of course, the minstrel. The minstrel. So you don't know if there's a minstrel in play. You have Did no think about that earlier. I forgot to knowing, <laughs> knowing whether it's a minstrel in play, if you kill, if there's a chance it might just not kill anyone. That's right. But I can just not kill and get three kills tomorrow. Mm-hmm. When the drunkenness is gone. And that's a very important thing to remember yeah, I did think of that. I did think of that one earlier, but I just did slip slip my mind as I was going through all the other stuff. Something that's super important with the demons on BMR yeah. is not is mostly the minstrel. Minstrel is the thing that mostly drunks demons. Occasionally, a courtier or a sailor will drunk a demon, but or a Ex- goon. Exo but, is a little mm-hmm. bit. Exorcist is a little bit like a, de- a drunkenness for a night, but yeah. But minstrel is the big one. And you want to play around a minstrel, remembering that even though the choices you make on a minstrel night don't matter that night, they, they matter do matter future in future night nights. So I agree that charging is the right call, and not the least because you don't know if there's a minstrel in play. That's true. And 
seed forwards, and a minion was just executed. Later in the game, this might be less of a consideration when you have a better idea of what's on the grim, but early in the game, it's probably better to be safe than sorry. That's true. Because if it's a minstrel day and you try to kill, then tomorrow you're basically, you lose your kill. And then tomorrow, if you charge, that's two days of killing you lose, which is really bad for you. And if the assassin's alive, I almost always charge here, by the way, uh, in addition, because uh, then the assassin's just covering me tonight. So let's talk about the other good players you talked to. Mm-hmm. Uh, seat 11 told you goon or fool. What do you make of that? What do you make of a good player telling you they're the goon or the fool on yes. BMR? So telling me that they're the goon or the fool suggests that they don't want to be targeted, most likely. Well, the goon or fool is complicated because it suggests that they do but don't want to be. Like the goon maybe wants to be targeted by evil. Like it depends on the player there. Uh, the player in seat one just hard claiming fool, I doubt is the fool. Like I doubt the player in seat one who hard claimed fool to me is actually the fool. I think they're probably some some other juicy, powerful role. That that that's that seems likely to me. Okay. And why would a juicy powerful role tell you as the demon that they were the fool? Right. Well why would the juicy powerful role on uh Trouble Brewing tell people they're the Raven Keeper or the soldier, right? It's the same thing. It's to encourage the evil team to you know, not prioritize them with their kills. Because the fool does nothing except survive, right? So yes, they do need to be killed at some point, but survival is not something I need to knock off early in the game. Okay. That's not going to be prioritized over abilities that do stuff. So you just are treating seat one as a liar. I think seat one's probably a liar. I think seat one has probably lied to me about being the fool. Um yeah, which is which is which is perfectly fine. And they're probably a powerful they're probably a, a more useful role than that. And then Seat Levin, the one who told you Fuller Goon, what are you trying to make, to make of that? Yeah, I'm not sure. That could be a goon who's trying to get who's trying to get turned. Um, it could just be a player who's kind of trying to warn warn people off of targeting them, the same as Seat One. Um, they can't both be the they can't both be the fool. Uh, so you know, um, some players might think that the demon might want to target a fool to take a life off of them. Um, but it depends on the demon. Uh, uh, Pucka obviously would potentially want to drunk uh, to poison a, a fool to get us to get a one one uh, one shot kill on them. You know, Shabaloth doesn't really want to eat a fool most of the time. That's not that's not the best thing to have regurgitated. You know, um, and Poe Poe can afford to sink a kill usually into a fool at some point in the game. But yeah, Seed Eleven is probably trying to probably trying to warn me off. Probably trying to hedge their bets. They could just be the goon. No idea. So you, you're not you're not sure what's going on there, but they're either trying to warn you off or they're trying to draw you in. You probably would need to talk to them more to figure it out. I would need to talk to them more. I would probably need to target them and go check in. Is a thing that might happen. Okay. Well, you wake up in the night. You wake up that morning and find that no one died in the night. All right. Well, that looks like a minstrel night. So now it looks like a minstrel night. It's funny, like, I had already written this scenario out, but in our Discord server, we, we sort of talked with some people about what they want to see in Grim scenarios. Someone mentioned, what do you do when evil is starts out behind? And here's a situation where your assassin was killed, and it seems like it was probably a minstrel night. Uh-huh. Evil is behind. Yep. But I got three kills up my sleeve because I charged. Yeah, but you have three kills up your sleeve because you charged... What, is, what are some of the other things you're looking for to try to hopefully explain the lack of kills from 
what could well be a minstrel day. So, you know, one of the things you can, you know, one of the things you can think about is talking about, okay, is there, are there innkeeper protections? Is there an exorcist out there who's picked the demon? If an exorcist comes out to somebody and claims, hey, I picked this person last night, that's pretty good. That's pretty good for me, you know? Uh, there's, uh, you know, there's a potential that a courtier drunk a demon. If a courtier picked a demon other than Poe and, ha- and has then said that they've, they've drank with them, that's an, that's another possibility. Uh, tea lady protections could have, could have sunk an evil player, uh, or could have sunk a, could have sunk a kill, right? If the evil team has a puka, the seat four could have been the puka, could have been the puka pick and we killed them. And so nobody died. There's a lot of possibilities. There's just so many reasons why people might not die. If there's a fool or a sailor out there, they could have eaten a kill. You know, there's a lot of possibilities. What's the specific reason you think it's definitely Minstrel Day and not one of those other things? Well, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't try to kill anybody. Um, I think that there is a tinker on the grim, and I think the storyteller would kill a tinker to potentially cover for. I don't think the tink. I don't think the storyteller thinks I'm going to try to sell a Zombul world, right? That would be the world. That would be the world where there were no deaths last night because there was an execution during the day. So I don't think the storyteller. The storyteller's trying to help me because I'm now behind. So the storyteller should be trying to help out the evil team a bit, you know. Uh, so the storyteller should have tried to make a kill happen last night. Uh, the drunk tinker can't. The drunk tinker can't die. I know what the outsiders are. I know that they're tinker and goon. So you also said you felt pretty confident that C10 was the gossip. Yeah. And C10's gossip, you know, is objectively true. Yeah, I know C10's gossip is objectively true. So. And a gossip that's objectively true, it's technically possible for a gossip that's objectively true to sink into something. It's not what happened. Yeah, they could be not the gossip, but it just seems very unlikely. So you're fairly confident you have a minstrel out there somewhere that you probably want to deal with. Probably need to deal with them quickly. So... Let's let's so you talk to seat eleven, seat ten, seat four, and seat one. Who do you want to talk to with today? Um, I don't think I need to talk to seat three. I'm pretty confident I know what they are. I'd like to talk to seat eleven again at some point, but it's not urgent. Uh, I need to talk to seat six and figure out if this is a mastermind game or if I've just misread this in some way. I don't really want to do that first. Uh, so let's talk to let's talk to seat two. Okay. Um, because I want to know, uh, seat two. You know, seat two. Did you have like a social read on seat four? Like, what? What you and seat three seem to really want to kill seat four. So, what was going on there? Seems seems like, you know, there's there's a chance you maybe got something right. Yeah. Uh, seat two says, "Oh, I was asked to nominate seat four. Um, I was surprised to see they died. Interesting. And you note." A hint of disappointment in their voice. A disappointment in their voice? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, they said... But they very freely volunteered that they were requested to nominate seat four. Who requested it, will they say? Oh, they tell you it was seat three. They're happy to share that information. Sure, they're very happy to share that information. Interesting. Yeah, because that does seem like... That does seem like then seat two, you, you could be evil. Yeah, they say, <laughs> I'm not evil, though. And again, you hear a tint of disappointment in their voice. Okay, okay, that sounds that sounds good. We'll go ahead and mark them as the goon for now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do build in a little of the social reads you might get during BMR. Okay, so, so C2's the goon. 
Okay, good. <laughs> and, like, yeah, so they're volunteering information about the good team that really shouldn't be volunteering. As soon as they told me that seat three was... The, as soon as they told me seat three was the one who requested them to nominate seat four, I thought probably good. They're unhappy about seat four being executed. That's right. Which means they know what's going on there. Which means they're joining the team. <laughs> Welcome to the team. <laughs> Well, that's uh, later's problem. But so, all right, like the, the the ways you find a good like, yeah, yeah. They're they're sharing information that they shouldn't be sharing. They're disappointed about things that you know to them should signal that seat four was evil. That's that, right. That these are social reads you can get that tell yep. that this is the goon who was For hoping sure. to flip evil and was not trying to get a minion killed. They were hoping that seat four would be good. It would confirm seat four and seat two, and they be, could become evil later. Okay. Right, that, that's a pretty good read, right? That's, that's a pretty your... good read. I mean, I, I like I got it off of them volunteering the tea lady info, but yeah, yeah, like I, but I just wanted to emphasize that because I just I know some people have been asking us about social reads, and like we can't replicate these perfectly. You can't hear what the disappointment sounds like in someone's voice. That's right. Well, you can hear it in my voice every time I get a blue token. <laughs> but like these are the things you should be looking for. As like an evil player on BMR who thinks there's a goon in play, you should be looking for that good player who seems to be a little disappointed that things are working out well for good. That's right. Or or or, or that volunteers too much information about the tea lady who is definitely dying in the night. Uh, we should talk to Seat Six. All right, you talk to Seat Six, and they confirm to you they're they're the mastermind. Great, what a useful role to have in the game. Well, uh, let's talk about the mastermind. I think the mastermind sometimes gets a bit of a short shrift. Yeah, definitely for me it does. <laughs> it's it's great on BMR. It's it's great. It's great. It's it does exactly what it needs to do on BMR, which is function a little bit like a Scarlet Woman for for the BMR script. It does what twins kind of do for Sex and Violets. It yeah. does that here. It really doesn't translate well off script. Is one of the problems yeah. with it. Though I, I would emphasize if you're for a rare script writing tip from us, if you're building a Shabaloth script, you probably want a mastermind over. You a Scarlet probably Woman. have to have a mastermind over a Scarlet Woman. Like if you want that sort of survivability after the demon dies, Shab Scarlet Woman is one of the most overpowered evil combinations yeah. out there. Like you probably do want to make sure your script to work with a mastermind instead of a Scarlet Woman if you want that demon plus survivability. Right, because script. what happens is the Shabaloth the Shabaloth dies, the Scarlet Woman becomes the Shabaloth, and the the new instance of the Shabaloth hasn't eaten anyone, which means you get a freebie escape for the evil team from having a regurgitation. Like a Shabaloth who has a living Scarlet Woman on five wants to be executed because that always wins them the game. Always wins the game. So it's real brutal. So Mastermind, it's rough, but it, there's a reason why that's the type of that's the that maybe yeah. I'll kill myself and try to take trick town. You never know. Well, you can't kill yourself. You have to get executed for the Mastermind. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe I'll get myself executed. Is what I mean. Let's see. Um, see, you confirm they're the Mastermind. They take one of the bluffs, whichever one you the assassin isn't taking. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Who else are you interested in talking to? Uh, let's get a chat in with seat, uh, you said seat eight gossiped at least one of 12, one and two is good. Yeah. yeah let's, let's talk to seat eight. Okay. Uh, seat eight tells you that they're the minstrel. They just tell me they're the minstrel. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's super great. Yeah. Is that all you want from them? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, okay, you're just the minstrel. So you think? Do you think seat four was a? Do you think seat four was a minion? Do you think this was your ability going off last night? Do you think there were protections? What do you think's going on? 
they, they, they don't know. They, they do think it's possible it was a Minstrel Knight. They think it may have been their ability working. Okay, great. Yeah, that's good, good to know. I mean, there's a lot on BMR, obviously, that can cause that. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And I'm going to say you have room for one more conversation today. Who who, who are you picking? Let's get in with five. Uh, no, I needed to talk to... Nah, I don't need to talk to 11 anymore. Let's talk to five. Okay. Uh, seat five tells you that they're the fool. Seat five tells me that they're the fool. There's a lot of fools in this town. So many fools. <laughs> All right. Well, great. <laughs> Friggin' great. Well, I'm not going to worry about this too much. It's fine. Alright, so when you get back to town, uh, seat 10 nominates seat 11 and says, I heard that seat 11 was exercised last night. Ooh. Um, and that's enough to push seat 11 on the block over their process stations. Okay. The There's some push to kill Siege 2, but the Seat 11 thing is what pulls through. Uh, there is gossip today. Great. Um, and we're not going to go through them all, because I think you've already locked Just in on who you think is the gossip. got to assume that Seat 10 is the gossip here. Uh See, 10 gossips that the demon is on a odd-numbered seat. All right. All right. Great. Well, that's a true gossip. So I'm going to go ahead and put the little gossip kill marker here, and we're going to think about what that means. Alright, so now we're just going to do one more night. We just, I just want to talk you through with what you know about the Grim tonight. What are your targets for kills here? There's going to be a lot of things. This is going to depend on a lot of things now. Um, I'm certainly not killing the Minstrel after they literally just told me that they're the Minstrel. Um, I'm not in a rush to kill the Minstrel. There seem to be other suspicious people around. So... Um, hopefully, there's like a couple of people in double claims of fool. Um, there's potentially the goon that can get pushed on. Um, you mentioned that the goon got pushed on a little bit on this day, um, which suggests to me that if I want to turn them, I probably need to turn them sooner or sooner than later. Mm -hmm. um, an interesting interaction that we can talk about is what happens when you, as the demon, uh, or as a as a minion, but specifically as the Poe with three kills, target a goon. And specifically what might happen if you target a tea lady protected goon because of the way that the goon's ability is written. The goon's ability says, each night the first player to choose you with their ability is drunk until dusk. You become their alignment. So choosing the goon, irrespective of a tea lady being alive or not, um, is still choosing the goon. Which means that the goon's alignment can change even when they're T-Lady protected. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty interesting. You know, it's pretty useful um, uh, as a, as a pro thought process. However, as the Poe with three kills, I certainly don't want that to be my first... I certainly don't want that to be my first choice because that would mean I would get no kills because I would be drunk by the goon. So almost certainly the goon is going to be my third choice. If Town's going to push on them tomorrow, getting that extra vote 
uh, under my under my under my belt. Getting that extra vote on the team, getting the goon on side early, is probably a good idea if I think that town might kill them tomorrow. Um, so so that's probably kill number three. Kill number two could be the tea lady. There's no reason not to kill the tea lady here, especially because it looks like the tea lady is going to be protecting two players who are claiming to be the fool, one of whom is almost certainly a powerful role like exorcist uh, or maybe innkeeper. Um, so uh, one potential path here could be to kill the player in seat one, kill the tea lady, and then kill the player in seat two. That's a that's a or then target the player in seat two to to, to hopefully get a, to hopefully turn the goon. That said, we have a we have a gossip to deal with, and the gossip is going to be a problem because the gossip is going to cause a an extra kill. Um, but since I'm not killing the goon, if I'm okay with revealing that the demon is a Poe, it might be okay to kill two players, turn the goon, and let the gossip kill look like a third kill. But that's going okay. to let town. That's going to give town a strong indication that it's a Poe game. So is that your? Are you sticking with seat one, seat three, and seat two? That's a. That's certainly a path I can take. Another path I can take is to leave the tea lady alive, kill seat one, seat ten, and seat two, uh, and target seat two, and leave two kills on the board. Two kills on the board could be a lot more things than three kills. There's a lot more situations that cause two kills than three kills. I'm behind, and so that in some ways make me, makes me want to rush to try to kill as many goods as quickly as possible. Um, if I want to charge tomorrow, that means I'm probably not getting a kill tomorrow, which could be a problem. We're getting close in time to where my mastermind might get killed or I might get killed, and we might have nighttime problems. Um, but I kind of want the gossip alive. I think because I kind of want the gossip creating deaths in case uh, I get killed and there's a mastermind day, because if I get killed and there's a mastermind day, I would like for there to be a kill in the night. So it looks like the demon is still alive. All right. So I think my, I think my best choice here is to kill seat one, seat three and seat and then target seat two. Okay. Well, you wake up. Seat one is dead. Seat three is dead. And seat twelve is dead. And that's where we're going to end this scenario. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's, good. it's hard to get much further than this now because it's it, the, a lot of things become a lot of things become difficult to um, a lot of things become difficult to track. And, you know, there's some other fun stuff sort of going on in this room that there was no way for you to know about. There were some slight hints, but not a lot. So, uh, as you identified through the social read, which we tried to simulate, C2 was, in fact, your goon, who is now evil. That's good for you. They're probably being executed today. That's I, would probably push to, I would probably push to execute them. Yeah, C3 is the tea lady, who the goon was working really hard to make sure the evil team knew was the tea lady, which is one of the ways you caught them as the goon. Unfortunately, the goon did get your assassin killed in the process, which was a bummer for you and the goon. Uh, C10 was obviously the gossip, but he did the classic thing of, I've heard of a gossip, uh, can you please call for gossip for me? It's not, doesn't work. It does not work. If you, like... <laughs> People will just gossip on their own. You don't need to tell people to cover your gossip for you. It's just going to out you as the gossip. And, and just to point out, 
as the demon, I've uh, and I've I've done it here. You could leave a gossip alive, even if they gossip true statements. You just have to make it plausible that the kill wasn't necessarily a gossip kill. You can use gossip kills to your advantage. It's a drawback of the role. It does help the evil team. Seat 11 was actually your tinker, who told you Gunnerful because they wanted to draw evil attacks. Very well. They wanted. They were hoping to draw an assassin, a, a Poe, a Pukka, to hit them to sort of negate their negative effect of being able to die at any time by trying to make them think they might be the goon or the fool, a high-value assassin target. Sure. Uh, seat 5, who also claimed fool, was your pacifist. And they were just picking something that survives execution um, because it's sort of a similar idea. It clears with the chambermaid, but maybe the demon would prefer killing an assa- a pacifist over a fool, so they were trying to hide a little bit. That makes a lot of sense. Seat 6 was, of course, your mastermind. You knew that already. Uh, seat 7, who you didn't talk to, was the exorcist. Um, they told Seat 10 that they had exercised Seat 11. Yeah. Uh, Hunt them down later. Seat 8 was, in fact, your grandmother. Oh, interesting. Who gossiped that Seat 1, Seat 2, or Seat 12 was good because it was a code they had agreed with early in the day to tell someone else about their grandchild, Seat, seat one, 1, the minstrel. Who you got. <laughs> uh, seat 8 survived death because seat 12 was the innkeeper who had protected seat 8 and seat 5. I would have figured, I would have figured that out. Yeah, I would have figured that out. <laughs> and of course, you were the Poe. And I was the Poe. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot there to show you kind of how BMR games go from an evil perspective. And there's a lot of great, there's a lot of great uh, things that we've talked through here about being the Poe, about what to do if you're behind, right? There's a lot of options in BMR BMR mm-hmm. can feel dangerous, right? Minstrel's dangerous. Exorcist is dangerous. Pacifist, when it works, can feel can feel rough. Innkeeper can soak up two kills. Tea Lady can soak up kills. There's a lot here that protects itself and makes it hard to hard to win as the evil team. Simultaneously, boy, does a Poe get a lot of kills? Love that kill night when Poes get three kills. You can also see some of the drawbacks here. The reason the C12 is killed to the gossip is because C12 is mechanically confirmed by C8 surviving. So because the good team now... No, because the in the circle of trust between like C1 and C8, they can firmly bring C12 in, C12 gets offed by the gossip. And that's sort of a downside with mechanically confirmable roles, is when the storyteller notices someone's mechanically confirmed on a script like BMR where they have some kill control, they're probably going to kill them because they're not... Like, it becomes unfair to the evil team if you leave them alive. So C12 got their protection in and then got killed for it by the gossip. Well, we've gone quite long here, Emma, so I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, but mm-hmm. we'll see everybody again next Wednesday for another little uh, episode of Bad Moon Rising Grims, where you will have a turn to play as an evil character, and I will have to go against my nature and pretend that I'm good. All right. See you next time, everybody. Bye-bye.